Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course, my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted to sample the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. You know, you hear a song like that, and wherever you are, maybe you are on your commute to work, you're sitting at your desk, I really hope you're at an arcade, maybe playing some skee-ball, I don't know, maybe at a movie, because even though, well, you've guessed it, yes, It's a Lonely Guy Friday edition of Regular Guy Friday, but it's more your day than ever when it's a Lonely Guy Friday. As you know, for we regular people, Friday's our day. It's not the boss's day, not the partner's day, not the kid's day, not the sibling's day, the mother's day, the father's day. It's your day. And we share it with our puppies and our kitties and our parakeets and whatever you have as a companion pet. But, yes, uh, never my love. So I feel as though an appropriate song because for the, um, for the golden six of you <laughs> who religiously tune in, religiously comment on Patreon... Hang into RGF bonus. Uh, I feel like you'll never, never ever quit on us. I'll never quit on you. I don't think I've missed one of these. Maybe I've missed one or two. It's pretty good, right? Oh, needless to say. I think that's part of my codependent side because I don't want to let you down. I don't want to let Queenie down. But as uh, Ida Kenner would say, well, matey. This is sort of the golden side of codependence. So I guess there is a golden side. Oh my goodness. Uh, Here I am coming to you from Texas. uh, Doing something very rare. 
I'm actually engaging in some self-care and um, finally doing something about some of my health and energy woes. Having a daughter, you know, at the age of 75 years old makes me realize, well, uh, I can't keep sweeping this stuff under the rug because uh, I've got to make a 30-year run at this whole thing. So i got to live to 110. Uh, and that means I have to address some of my health issues, which, and I believe a lot of the people in the Heal Squad will understand this, we all tend to put that last. Um, and for some of you, it's lack of time. For me, it was always a lack of time, still is. But, you know, I've always been one who's just so anxious to get to my work and get things done. Um, and I think a lot of you will relate to that. By the way, a lot of artists, Disney, Walt Disney, he was the same way. Um, it was just smoke and do work. That was it. <laughs> um, and it obviously killed him and shortened his life. And my dad was the same way. And uh, I've been like that too. And I know a lot of you are as well. And it was funny, the clinic I'm working at, one of the women there, was saying, geez, I have access to all this stuff, but I am I have to take these tests too. But who has the time? You know, which is what we all say. And uh, even the owner of the clinic, Dan Huber, I went, had a great dinner with him, which I'll update you all on. Um, but he said the same thing. You know, he was advising me on maybe some treatments I should be taking for what we think is this mold poisoning or mold toxicities that I, I've experienced over the years and the effects of it. But he was saying the same thing as he was advising me. He's like, yeah, it's all stuff I should be doing too. But we're very much alike. You know, he's actually in L.A. now, and he's with uh, Rick Rubin and RFK and Dr. Cruz. And, you know, he's man after my own heart, you know. Um, side note, his daughter and he, and if you, you know from his episode with us, um, they're putting all their side resources into a charity called Hope Chain, which is a um, basically to really slow down the suicide rate in our country, which is just, it's alarming. It's not a 2 or 3% increase over the last few years. It is a massive, massive increase with no sign of stoppage. It's only going up. And I think it's many reasons. I, I don't think we have done well preparing our kids, but also I think we just all have way too much exposure to the world. I don't think our brains were meant for all of this this quickly. We haven't evolved. We probably need a century to evolve to, you know, the phones and the news constant and uh, the blue light and, and the diet, just all of it. And anyway, with Hope Chain, they're, they're um, in the early stages of putting something together, a movement of some kind to uh, help, you know, curb this and, 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 and curb depression and mental illness, which I feel is going to be the is the affliction of the 21st century. I feel like we're in the early stages, but I think this century is all going to be about mental health. Uh, if we come out of it, I digress. <laughs> um, needless to say, it was while I was getting my treatments, I was able to, you know, coach his daughter on how to build this brand, and I'll keep you posted on it. But it's a really great cause, and and it's just in the early phases. But it's just interesting because we were talking about self care. 
and uh, and I was just realizing so many of us just don't do it. I mean, Maria, I will give her this. She's very dedicated. I mean, her and her dad. I mean, her dad's the type of guy who will have poison ivy all over his body. And he'd be like, no, I'm not going to itch it. And he doesn't itch it. I'd be scratching it. <laughs> I would go swim in a vat of acid, anything to stop the itching. This guy, nothing. And so Maria's got a lot of that in her. And Maria has the means. And it's all, I want to tell people that as well. She has the means. I have more means. Um, so please, when you hear of all the modalities Maria's doing, um, she has more means to do it. She also has me and other people to support her, to give her the time. Now, certainly she's earned it. I've, I've always said, and I've been 30 years in the business, I've never seen anyone work as hard as Maria. Ever. Nobody. No male, man or woman. Um, and the few that have... They have had the means, so giant staffs and, you know, everyone at their beck and call and, um, and snapping right to it. Maria's not had that. So, you know, she's earned it, uh, and I'm glad she uh, is, is doing those things, and I love that she is because I want her here the next 30 years. But I think for the rest of us, it's a lot harder. So I'm always pushing her, and you probably hear it on the chat shows, I'm always pushing for, hey, what is the regular guy, regular girl? What is what is for the rest of us? What's the workaround? You know, can a cold plunge just be ice in a bathtub? And you know, what what is it? But I'm always trying to find that. I'm sensitive to it, but I but I do caution any of you to just don't get down on yourself if you don't have the time to do all of these things. However, I do feel there are always workarounds, and I think there is more time than you think. And I'm living proof of that. And so as I was working with Dan Huber's daughter, Bailey, on this Hope Chain charity, I was re researching, you know, other like charities and Instagram sites and, and YouTube channels that deal with depression, suicide, mental illness. And we came upon a really cool TikTok video about self-care. And the woman who did the video was saying self-care doesn't always mean feel good practices. And it really resonated with me because I will tell you something. Being 78 years old, <laughs> I hear self-care from young people and I, it, it's, it's nails on a chalkboard to me because I am thinking, no, earn your, earn your chops right now. Make your mark in the world. And then when you get to that place, you'll have time for it. But I think the reason I have that bias is I'm thinking self-care is hot tubs and massages. Well, the young lady in this video edumacated me. <laughs> and she said they're not all feel-good practices. Self-care is sometimes therapy and reflection and, and doing things that are painful, working out. Um, and that as I said, that really spoke to me and got me to see it a lot differently. And so here I am, you know, far away from home and, you know, working, still working throughout the whole, these tests that I'm doing. And I'll keep you posted on the tests and any information I get, I'll, I'm happy to share with anyone who thinks um, they've been exposed to mold or other things. 
while I am working, I'm still making this time. And uh, my both of my arms, the the lady you know gives me you the gives these little needles injections of various uh, allergens, foods foods and grasses and pollens and um, and she said she never gave this many many in her life because I'm wham bam thank you ma'am I'm trying to just come in as fast as I can, and so both of my arms I'll probably maybe I'll put it up on Instagram. Both arms are just filled with these circles. And one is speaking of itching, wanting to itch. One of them I want to scratch so bad because I'm highly allergic, clearly, to a lot of things I didn't realize I was. Um, but I'm not going to itch it because she's I can't because she's going to check it tomorrow. And then I think this doctor, Dr. Hamill, um, I think comes up with some kind of elixir. <laughs> based on all of these allergens to help my body deal with it. I think that's just one of many modalities we're going to be doing. Plus, there was a lot of blood work we did to test for mold and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, you know, I hear that song, Never My Love. I love that song. But I always think of how, when I think of that, I always think of Maria, and then I think of the really ride-or-die people in my life. And, and all of you have been like that with us, with me and with Kelsey and Maria and Natasha and everyone in our little family, but particularly in RGF. You all have been so supportive. Um, I want to get a little woo-woo with you on that note. I was just prefacing it with like, I hope you can stay with me because I went deep on mold and with with Dan and I don't know there 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 seems to be more forces at play apparently when it comes to mold and we had this very lengthy discussion about mold demonic forces entities and maybe you've heard me talk about it before my experience with um Maybe we'll call it a regular guy exorcism. But, you know, it's it's a little bit woo-woo. Um, but, man, it just really spoke to me, uh, what we had talked about. But also, I've always, you know, since my own experience with this, I always believe in some of these dark forces and entities that are out there and that get into people. And um, so I guess I'm just going to preface it with that. <laughs> But, you know, Dan, what, he was telling me his story, and he, he made it as brief as he could. And I think, and I'm probably going to get it wrong, so I, I forgive me, Dan, if you're listening. So just remember, it's more the message and less about the facts. But it was something to the effect of he was, he just was at a place in his life where he was really frustrated, and he went to church that Sunday, and he said, I'm just going to start saying no. Because he, like a lot of you in the Heal Squad, like me and Natasha, we're not very good at saying no. And Kelsey, too. You know. So um, probably for his own version of self-care, he said, that's it. I'm saying no to everything. If I'm asked for money, if I'm asked for time, I'm, I just say yes to everything. And then I get way over my head. And clearly he was suffering, too, you know, physically from his mold situation. Um and also having other struggles, too, during dur during the times of COVID, which many of us did in the pandemic. So he 
walks into church with that whole mindset and the 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 priest uh, or the pastor i don't know one or the other had mentioned uh before the sermon or maybe after that everyone there was a group of sick really sick nuns that needed help and then the priest specified and said they're all suffering from mold poisoning <laughs> and so dan who is buys this mold clinic has been on this journey with mold just kind of looks up to god and goes really <laughs> so uh you know no wasn't uh gonna be in his vocabulary that day and um i think it was a i think it was a sign from above to say keep saying yes and keep showing up for people obviously take care of yourself but you're needed and so of course dan tells the nuns this is what i do and he even has an extra house for them to live in he's cut just bring them all there and we'll treat them and um the story continued on it didn't end there because he said yeah and then one one of the one of the women was poisoned had such bad mold poisoning it, it was demonic to a degree and they ended up having to perform an exorcism and he held her down and it was all a if you've heard anything about exorcisms uh, you know everything you'd imagine he, he had to go through to you know clear the dark forces or the demonic forces however you see it the devil <laughs> out of this nun or, or I think a few of the nuns, but particularly this one nun. And um, I said to him, I was like, well, he's like, you probably think that's crazy. I said, no, because I went through it myself. And he said, really? I said, yeah, but I went through it in a, you know, I didn't have priests or clergymen or pastors help me through. It was April, who I met through Ida, who's a medical intuitive and works with the channels, the angels. And um, I had this terrible pain. I've probably told the story before, but I'm going to tell it again. I had this terrible pain in my chest. Really bad. But it wasn't a heart attack pain. It was a, a heartache pain. You know, think of when you were a kid or when you were younger or someone you loved died or broke up with you. You had that pain in your chest. That was the pain that I had. I had it for a long time. And, you know, Dr. Aronin, who's an amazing doctor, said, come in, we'll do EKG tests. I'm like, it's not that. My heart, that heart's fine. No, 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 you got to do it. So I did it. And, and they they always say the same thing with me. I have a very, for whatever reason, because of my uh, Adderall <laughs> brain or Adderall body, non-Adderall, but Adderall body, they always say, you, um, do you, you run a lot of marathons? I'm like, nope. <laughs> so my heart was fine. But I had this really terrible pain. I also had a pain in my stomach. And, if, and they were very separate, the two pains. And a really dark suicidal thoughts. But because of Maria and my mom, you know, I just, and Roxy and the people in my life, I, I just was, I knew it would kill them if I did something like that, particularly my mother and Maria, Maria especially. Um, I just don't know how she'd be the same. So, you know, being the 
being the stand-up guy I am, I'm like, well, how do I make it look like an accident? <laughs> but, but I didn't go that far. But I was, my mind was like, geez, if a bus just hits me right now, it that would be great. It was that painful, and I went and saw April. But I think once every two years, I treat myself to go to April, and because she's an intuitive, she'll you know she tells me the future, and it's fun. It's my my, it's it's like uh, just a little gift to myself. It's always fun to hear, talk to my dad on the other side and, um, you know, hear about the future and stuff. And she's always been pretty accurate, whether you believe in that stuff or not. It's it's something I enjoy and it's it's worked for me and it's been accurate to me. So I had had an appointment with her and it takes months to get her. So I had one appointment on the books for months. And when I went to see her, she just stopped. Like you could see her face just got flushed and she said, Kevin, um, today's not going to be what we've done in the past. We're not going to be talking about, I don't know, what script is going to sell <laughs> um, or, uh, you know, what your health is going to be like this next year. This, she said, there's a, <laughs> and again, I'm getting woo-woo, so I'm trusting everyone on this. She said, there's, two entities wrapped around your heart and there's one wrapped around your stomach. And I was, my response was, huh? She said, they, it's not that they're good or evil, but they feed off darkness and we have to get rid of them. And so today is not going to be like past sessions. This is going to be hard on you. And um, it's going to be painful. But you're going to feel 80% better when we're done. And next week you'll be fine. Or I forget what the percentage was. She also said to me, who, uh, who are you with? She, who's in the car begins with a J? I said, Joe. She said, oh, man, he's pure. <laughs> she said, yeah, he's, man, he's got your back. Okay, she's like, so you're fine with him and you're fine with Maria, but I don't want you having any involvement with anyone for a week because you're in such a fragile state. And uh, put a, she put a bucket next to me, lied me down, first had me run in place to kind of probably break down my defense system. And then she put me on the table and she took her fingers. And when I say she, she's strong, girl she her fingers went deep into my rib cage i mean deep and uh, i just started cracking up laughing but as tears are going down my face and it was interesting because this is where the science comes in she also the places she was pushing on when i went to acupuncture it was the same place that the needles were going in for acupuncture. And when the needles went into certain places, they really hurt. And one hurt really bad, and the acupuncturist at the time said, oh, you see, that it hurts there because that's grief, and you're grieving. I said, really? So there was some science to what April was doing, but she's doing all this stuff, and, and over my body, she's saying things like, okay, uh, this one has a tail. She, like, you know, her hand mimed, pulling out <laughs> like a snake-like entity. And and I end up seeing my dad. I saw Baby and Benny, my two Bijans who had just passed. 
Then in came Noel, who was like who was my first dog that we I took care of and was handicapped. Uh, I had for nine years and was always with me. And she came in angry, not angry at me, but at the entities. And April said, "No, no, no, that'll that'll charge them. We have to keep this love and happiness." And I just remember at the end, it felt like it felt like I'd been in the longest boxing match of my life. I was so exhausted. And I was just giving up. I was tapping out. I couldn't do it. Um, and then came, a, then I saw Apollo and Athena smiling and happy. I'm like, oh my God, I forgot I have reinforcements. <laughs> so from the other side, all these things came in. And um, and I was, after that, you know, I was pretty crippled. <laughs> I, I limped out of there and was exhausted. But a week later, I was better. And, and April said, you know, the angels are saying the reason they wanted you to go through this is because you like to help people, but you didn't recognize that this could be something that's afflicting somebody. And now you're going to know and see it. And it's funny because sometimes I can see on people's faces, and I'm sure you people can too, where they have that sour look on their face or that heavy look on their face. Sometimes this doesn't come out in anger. Sometimes it just comes out in exhaustion or depression um, but I can see it now and, uh, it's, it's tough because, you know, a lot of people aren't open to these other modalities to get them out. And then when I did some dig digging, I said, well, how do they get in there? And they said, well, it's exchanges with other people, proximity to other dark forces, and they can jump off of you like fleas, which is crazy. And... At the time when my Bijan baby had died, I had to put her down and I wanted to do it without Maria knowing because Maria was away and I knew Maria couldn't handle it. And baby who had been 14, 15 pounds her whole life was down to seven pounds, didn't know where she was. It was just time. And uh, it was, all of them have been hard. All the saying goodbyes have been hard. This was maybe the hardest because I was alone and the people who were doing it were just cold. Um, and I remember that night, one of the after buzzers was turning 30 and I still being an amazing codependent <laughs> wanted to be there for the person. I was one of the few to show up actually, but I did and just start drinking and drinking and drinking. And, um, I didn't want to go home because I didn't want to see her empty bed. And yeah, I just got really, 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 really drunk. And we went to some pretty dark seedy bars. And I swear that was what had the effect on me. Also, to continue to get woo-woo with you, when I had done biofeedback, when I had these pains, I went and did biofeedback where they hook your body up to all these wires. And it's fascinating the stuff they can see. They can see what you're allergic to, what food you should avoid. Um, but they also test your life force, which mine was super low at the time. And he just, the person running the um, device said, oh, you just casually said, uh, you're also under psychic attack. What? Like, yeah, you're under psychic attack. <laughs> what does that mean? He goes, somebody, somebody out there really, really wants to, to see your demise and I said really so I started I threw out names and he did that muscle testing that they do with you kinesiology 
where they can tell by, you know, uh, your muscle. Sometimes it's uh, lifting your arm up in the air and pushing it down. And if you're... Um, if your arm falls down, then it's the truth. And when it stays up, it's not. I think, no, when it falls down, it's the truth. I forget, it's one or the other. But he narrowed it down to someone in my life, and it shocked me. Ended up being totally true. So I think all of that is what got it in me. And then talking to April, you know, and Ida, they had mentioned some also um, sex. It was not that case in my case, but but a lot of times, and when I think about it, I had a friend, uh, a couple I was really close friends with, and they were amazing people. And one of them began cheating on the other with an incredibly dark soul. You know, someone, um, and by the way, drugs and alcohol are supposed to be the gateway for these entities to get in. It just makes it super easy for them to come in. Um, for the three of you who are still listening. <laughs> and this couple that we were friends with, one started cheating, and this is decades ago, And but the person that they cheated with was a really, really dark soul, heavily medicated, just um, drugs, messy, bad. And... It's interesting, decades later, that person's never been the same. The, you know, I maintained friendship with one of them. The other one just stayed on the dark path, and I swear it was that exchange. There's also a, if I don't, for the few of you who maybe listen, watch Floor Bama Shore, the reality show, there was a girl on season one, fun girl, a um, lot of energy, playful kind of goofy in a super endearing way. Second season, she starts dating this really dark guy who's not a cast member. And then it was, she left the show for mental illness. And I think one season she came back for one episode and she drank with everybody. And by the end of the episode, it was, she had this massive freak out and I could see on her face. It was the same thing. It was a, an exchange um, of dark energy. And she was on the receiving end of it. Uh, you know, now, where does this all go? How does it all apply to you? I don't know. Maybe you can see it in other people. Um, maybe you can protect yourself more. Maybe if there are times where you just are in that dark, dark funk and you just don't know why, maybe there's more to it. You know, I think I had said weeks ago, I had a lunch with a young man. And afterwards, I had a massive migraine and I was exhausted and it was Ida who said that more than likely this person had entities and Ida calls them entifleas that came on to me and you know I was able to process them off thank goodness but it's made me a little bit more leery of in-person meetings I think I'm gonna be better at FaceTime on certain for certain situations but um what was fascinating is when I ran my conversation with Dan by Ida, the correlation between mold and all of this just blew my mind. And then Dan ended up telling me about the mother superior of these nuns who died in 2019 and what happened to her. Um, I don't know. 
it just again it's very woo-woo it's a friday let's just say like i know fipo for entertainment purposes only maybe this episode of lonely guy friday is just for entertainment purposes only uh maybe we use that as a disclaimer but uh the other stuff i learned was fascinating so uh when we come back from the break we'll go over that a little bit more and then um I'm going to give you a way to do some affirmations. Ida gave me this great exercise that I do in the morning that's very simple to do with your hands. Uh, when you use the right mantra for yourself, that I think would be is a nice little quick go-to, uh, fast and easy. I'll share that and more when we get back on this edition of Lonely Guy Friday. By the way, maybe this is okay because it's Halloween. How about that? It's a it's a Halloween lonely guy edition. I should have said that at the opening. See, now it all makes sense. It's Halloween, so we can talk about this stuff. All right, you guys, I'll be right back. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way. 
T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the way. T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com. Promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Baby, I'm tired of towing the line. (laughs) I don't know why you want to jump on me, baby, baby, and make me cry. Well, how many of us regular lonely people are towing the line for everyone else? I'm going to find myself someone new. (laughs) Someone will be true. And no more towing the line. Well... As Maria's people would say to me in the most condescending way when I bring, pitch them an idea, let's just put a pin in that one. Because, <laughs> of course, I had a friend one time, I remember saying, you know what, I want to shit the bed. Why does everyone else get to shit the bed? And you know what my friend said to me? I thought it was very poignant. He said, you can't shit the bed. You are the bed. So guess what, guys? I don't, I don't think we can find someone else to, to stop towing the line because I think we are the line. So... Oh, well, someone has to guard the castle, right? Someone has to do it. But, see, now when we've given ourselves permission for self-care, maybe we can do both. Hmm. Okay, so back to this Halloween edition of uh, Lonely Guy Friday. Very spooky. Uh, So Dan was telling me about the Mother Superior of this order, who died in 2019 and was buried. And for, you know, they exhumed her body later on because they wanted to get her to a better burial place. And when they exhumed the body, it was she was just covered in mold and they didn't embalm her for whatever reason. And he showed me the picture. It was really morbid and spooky. It was, yikes, it was mold all over what was left of her. You, you could see some eyes. You could see the habit. And um, it was freaky. But then he said, let me show you another picture of her. Post some mere soap and water. And so after they took soap and water to her body, guess what? She was perfectly preserved. One of those, um, and I know there's a name for it, but there's a name for uh, and I know some of you on Patreon will be able to tell me, but there's a certain name for the certain people in the world, the saints, who don't decompose. And this uh, Mother Superior is one of them. But once again, the whole mold thing was coming back into Dan's life. And so um, I was like, I, I, I got to, I had my session with Ida the next day. And I was like, I'll get up at five in the morning and do it. I, I, I've, I want to get Ida's take on this. And so when Ida and I were talking about entities, before we brought up the mold aspect, she said something that was, I think a lot of the heel squad would relate to. The more advanced your soul is, the more the agents of evil want to stop you. And of course, because you know me, I'm just... My whole education is based on what I've seen on television or in movie theaters. So I said, 
Is that why uh, all the forces were working against George Bailey when he was trying to build the Bailey building alone? And I, and I said, Mady, you know that's my favorite movie, but yes, indeed. But I started thinking of, listen, I've done, um, you know, I'm no saint, so, but when I have put myself out there for some things that were altruistic, the dark forces came against me and the very thing I was trying to do to stop it. So it did make sense to me. Um, and I was saying how dark forces do their work. They get in and they create a lower energetic frequency, lower physical energy and lower emotional energy. And this makes it easy for them to work with you. But here's what was uh, here's what was interesting. She said, "Mold, fungus, virus, and parasites are all tools for agents of evil." And think about it: mold grows in darkness, and now mold is all over this nun, Mother Superior. And because entities feed off darkness, it made I don't know it just spoke to me. It made sense. Now again, remember. Halloween edition of LGF. Halloween edition of LGF for entertainment purposes only. But it really made sense. And um, she told me how entities obviously feed off fear. Mostly they use that. Uh, and they love chaos. So you kind of see what's going on in our world today and how afraid the extremists are in our political parties and the people who follow them. It's all fear, and it does lead to chaos, which entities love. And then she mentioned St. Michael. That was his thing. Because he had no fear, he was able to vanquish the entities. Uh, and her, her thought was, with the mold inside of me, she said, you know, maybe it's served its purpose, and it's on its way out, which is why it's mostly physical now to me and not emotional anymore. And then a side note, she also mentioned when people get old and aren't powerful anymore, sometimes the entities move on. Entities like young, high-octane, powerful beings, and they love ego. Ego is the sleigh ride to them. And all this entity action that comes into you prevents you from being light in the world. So for people that are trying to bring the light, this is sometimes what comes in to stop them but the silver lining is when you push against the darkness for decades and survive you become so much stronger and you get the muscles to use to bring the light so i don't know all that really spoke to me i'm sure there's way more to it or not <laughs> but i just wanted to share it i'd also mention we, somehow we got talking about tumors and, and energy. And she was saying, oh, cancer starts as energy. And that's the dark energy like the entities that does need to be cleared. But if it's not cleared, eventually it goes to tumor. And she was mentioning how tumor is the body's attempt to gather all the pain and hate and anger into one place. And I don't know, that just really spoke to me. That seemed like it made um, a lot of sense. So... Maybe it does to you. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, I 
feel as though I can see it in certain people and um, I'm sad for them. So, and, and I feel like for the good people that have the entities, they are the ones who are exhausted, depressed, suicidal. And I've said this before, people of, of lower vibration, people of higher vibration, when they get that kind of pain, they, that they want to, um, they'll, they'll turn to suicide. But when people of lower vibration get entities or experience the traumas and such, they want to take it out on other people. Um, so, I digress. I digress. It is Halloween, and it is, you know, our Halloween edition. Hitting the pumpkin patch um, Friday with Athena. And, um, yeah, excited. So I want to take this more over to a positive note. Um, and I'd maybe give you all an assignment to confront this part of your codependence. The mentality of, and I know a lot of you will relate to this, the mentality of I'm not entitled to anything and I have to give you everything whether you ask for it or not. I'm not entitled to anything and I have to give you everything whether you ask for it or not. That really speaks to me. And I'm trying to keep that in mind now as I move forward. And as far as affirmations and doing things to, let's say, boost your self-esteem or I think, yeah, just even just to boost your self-esteem because with a high self-esteem, it kind of knocks out everything else. It, it certainly knocks out shame. It knocks out guilt. It knocks, even knocks out anxiety. Again, per my senses. But, uh, and hopefully I can explain this in audio. But Ida was saying she wants me to repeat an affirmation 20 times uh, using my, both my hands and all my fingers. And so you'll take your thumb and put it toward your pointer finger and have a mantra. So for me, she wants me to say, I am golden. And you know me by now. Whatever moves the needle, I'm all the F in. So, okay. For you, it might be something else. But you would say, I am golden, touching your thumb to your finger. Then you move to your next finger, I am golden. Your next finger, I am golden. Your next finger, I am golden. And then you take your thumb and you stretch it across the inside of your palm, right under your pinky, and stretch it real good and then say, I am golden. And then do it on your other hand. And then go back to that hand and go back to the other hand. And that's 20 times. So, I don't know. Whatever moves the needle. Uh, as I said, so I'm giving this a try. And when we're all searching for modalities that just take a few seconds that we can all apply, this is one of them. Uh, I'll take a break. And then let's do a little RGF bonus. I feel bad. A family member of mine. Uh, my family members, cousins, such, no one listens to this show. And for whatever reason, one did. And um, and something, you know, came up uh, uh, that I think, you know, I only gave part of the story about. And I want to clarify because it's I don't want to hurt anybody, especially at this point in my life. And, um, and, I, and I do really have to remind myself 
as we've learned on Heel Squad, our Maria show, that our memories are not always accurate. In fact, it was something like, statistically, we only remember accurately 50% of what transpired in our lives. So 50% of what we um, put out there or believe in our minds, 50% actually didn't really happen like we thought it did. And uh, I'm sure that's the case with me as well. So I want to, I'll come back in bonus and qualify that. I hope you're having a good Friday. I hope it's not too lonely. And remember, this is our Halloween edition. <laughs> so, um, and it's for entertainment purposes only. So uh, I say that um, as I take this last break. And I'll be right back shortly. As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> <laughs> Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. Hey, Hill Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. Kelsey is so great at making sure she responds to all of you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as 10 dollars a month so go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join getting better isn't easy friends but as i say all the time it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together we love you all so much and we love doing this thing called life with you I think I'm very sophisticated because I'm living my life like a good homo sapien. <laughs> I'm no better than the animals sitting in their cages, man. Jeez. I am an ape man. Oh my goodness. Gotta love the kinks. I think I'm so educated and civilized because I'm a strict vegetarian. So accurate, my goodness. Yeah, I'm a bit of an ape man, so I apologize. 
Anyway, needless to say, yeah, like I think last week I was talking about in my household uh, being bullied. And, um, you know, it was, listen, if you, Italian households, I, if you're Italian, you, you relate. Uh, maybe other cultures are the same. I can only speak to our own. We're loud. <laughs> little on the violent side. <laughs> uh, let's just say everything in that house got broken. Every, I mean, everything. Everything got broken. Um, and uh, it, at the time, wasn't fun. And being the youngest, being the little one, wasn't fun. But... Um, you know, I look back now and I'm just so grateful because it, it really made me tough and, uh, it made me appreciate so many things because of it. And, uh, you know, so, you know, my oldest brother, you know, he was, he was the toughest guy in our high school. I mean, he, he was, you know. Legit, <laughs> he was a lefty. He had a full beard at sixteen. Everyone thought he was like thirty-five. Um, strong as an ox, uh, southpaw. It just you know, and uh, and I was a little brother, you know, and you know he was he, he didn't have it easy. My parents put a lot of pressure on him. My uh, my dad put a lot on him, um, and I don't mean a lot of pressure in terms of. He set benchmarks for him, but he, they were really best friends. And I don't think that was very healthy for my older brother. It, was, it, it wasn't healthy at all. And Mike really took on a lot. And uh, so, you know, I sometimes the shit rolls downhill, and sometimes it came out on me. And, uh, and I'm sure I was the pain in the ass little brother, too. All that being said, let me tell you something else. You know, one of the coolest things about him to this day is you know his code he is such an amazing code of loyalty and trust and you know we might have had our like nonsense in the house but man he had my back and any and to this day anything that would you know come near he might right there and by the way i've been the same way with him uh these last many decades but back then, even, Mike was always there. And um, <laughs> every now and again, I don't know, I just text him and say, Mike, thanks again for, <laughs> I'll go over different stories where he, he stuck up for me. But there was my favorite one, um, which, again, it, it, it shouldn't be my favorite anymore because I really don't, I want to have empathy for other people. I don't want to be excited about violence. Um, so... Forgive me, as I said earlier in this episode, I am, um, I am no saint. Uh, so when I think of this one story in particular, I still, I don't know, I still laugh and I still smile, and it just makes me feel good. Although it shouldn't, because you know the the other person that was on the receiving end, <laughs> it, it didn't go so well. And I shouldn't laugh about it because it's, uh, you know, I don't want to embrace that, but. I, I say it was and it was just an amazing thing my brother did for me. Um, we had moved when this was hard on Mike too, and you know we moved from a very wealthy 
from a very, you know, working class town to a very rich town. And it was one town over back then, before the days of Facebook and everyone being connected. That was like moving to California from Massachusetts. You know, you moved to another town, it was over. And so Mike moved in the middle of high school, in the middle of like his hockey career, everything. It just, you know, parents weren't thinking. They just wanted us to get a better education. But Mike should have just stayed, finished his his life out in Medford, you know, for the next, the last two years. But we went to this new town and it was really hard to adjust because here we were, the Italians with a regular clothes and, and didn't have the money these other kids did and didn't have the, the couth even, you know, they were all, a lot of them were doctors and lawyers kids. And, and by the way, I'm grateful for it now because it did, it did what my dad and mom wanted, which was to diversify us and expose us to other people. So it was painful back then, but I'm grateful for it now. Anyway, it was a real hard transition for me. And um, this, like, guy, I, I didn't, you know, back then I had no muscle and was just gangly and awkward. Uh, and, and I didn't have size. And this kid was like 6'2". Um, popular guy in the school, older guy, just, he, he forget what he, just in the, in the schoolyard or whatever we even called it back then, um, ended up, um, grabbing me and throwing me around, threw me against the side. And then they pushed my face against the side of the building so hard that they were, the gravel from the building or the pebbles from the building actually imprinted on my face. They scraped my face. And, uh, and I remember going home and 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 because I, I knew you know, even then I always had a sense of like this isn't going to end like whatever this guy he, he's got against me this isn't going to end because it ended up being a kind of a big deal everyone like big crowd formed really humiliating and at that time um, I really hadn't come in contact with my fears yet so I was really scared and he was just like I said a lot bigger than me um, and so I went home and. You know, I'm grateful I had a good relationship with my father so I could tell him what happened. And I told him and I told Mike. And I'm actually proud of my dad. I'm surprised when I look back because thinking of he was a crazy Italian. But he took the high road and said, you know, these things happen. And it, let's we're not going to don't do anything because Mike was ready to just go into action. And, um, and my dad said, no, 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 this is not right. Um, it's, it's, these are things happen in life. It's going to pass and let's just leave it alone. I said, and it's funny cause I've been in that situation before too, even in Hollywood. I'm like, this person's not going to stop. I've had to tell lawyers too. They're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. You better just let me unleash me and let me counter sue and do what I have to do, which by the way, I did in this one situation, but I always have a sense when someone's going to keep coming. Maria gets annoyed by the way, but I'm, I've never been wrong. I'm like, it's not going to stop, guys. And I knew even then, I'm like 12, what, when I was 13 years old. I'm like, it's not going to stop. And so uh, the next day, I'm coming home from school, and him and all his friends, uh, all big kids, all 16 years old, start walking behind me. I'm like, oh, damn. And like, they start walking faster. And they start walking faster and faster and faster. And sure enough, they catch up to me, and he had, I don't know why, he had like a big giant bag of sawdust. And I don't know why he had it. Poured it all over my head, 
poured it down my back, down my clothes, um, shoved me, hit me, threw me on the ground, um, smacked me a couple times in the head. I just covered up. And, uh, and then I just basically went to Mike and said, you know, I told you. And Mike was like, I'm driving you to school tomorrow. <laughs> so the mad Italians pile into Mike's Ford Falcon. It's all souped up. One of these, it was like my parents' car, six cylinder, nothing special. But Mike was always good with his hands. So he made it cool. He had these big rims on the back, the chrome rims. And he had the, and he just shows up. And I just saw this mean looking car in the parking lot. <laughs> in the in the in the in the morning, he, he when I went to school, he stayed out in the parking lot, was late for school himself, to see if he could confront the bully. And no go. He's like, "I'll be back today to pick you up." <laughs> so okay. So Mike pulls in, picks me. We wait outside the school. We don't see the bully. We don't see the bully. We don't see the bully. And so, we drive around, drive around, can't find him, and. We said, okay, forget it. It's not going to happen. Probably not meant to be, and maybe this will blow over. And then we're driving along, and um, my other brother pops up and goes, it's him! He points. And the guy is with all of his his goons. And the funny thing is, you know, Mike was 17, but he looked like a man. But he was 17. This kid was 16. I was 13. And there's a big difference, if you know, for the most part between those ages you know and um <laughs> crazy italians so <laughs> mike just and you know it's funny people see this in me too it's definitely a trade from our family we get from my dad but when i start getting revved up that's where the you know uh i don't use violence and i certainly haven't even hit a wall in like 25 years or but I'll start getting revved up. My energy starts going and my adrenaline starts going. So Mike, he's trying to crank the window down as fast as he can. He's like, are you effing blank, the kid's name? And so the kid's response, this is what, and this is what I love between a tough Medford kid and at that time a rich Winchester boy, is the kid was like, uh, yes, yeah, yeah, sir? <laughs> sir to my brother, Mike. So Mike just kicks the car door open. And said, you think it's funny to, you know, think it's funny to pick on, you know, kids smaller than you? And one of the things he was doing to me, I think in the schoolyard, he was, he was pushing me and shoving me. He's like, dance, dance for me. He was like, so Mike said, you dance. Mike shoves him. Please, please. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You know, begging. The kid's begging, begging for mercy. And all the friends, too. Cla sorry, Winchester, but classic Winchester friends back then. <laughs> they all took a step back. Medford friends would have all caught around Mike it wouldn't have mattered because Mike was the Tasmanian devil um but Mike because he really wasn't a bully he started getting back in the car because he knew and I knew I'm like this is over just as much as I knew the kid was never going to stop until this happened I knew it was over he saw he saw the the demons he saw the devil he was like no way I uh, I'm not gonna I knew that I was never gonna have a problem with this guy again well someone else in the car <laughs> just yelled out head um <laughs> so it probably just triggered Mike and so Mike said to him you put your hands up and so 
The kid probably tried to make a move or something, and just, Mike, I just, to this day, and I saw many, many, many fights in college and then in Boston and then in the carny business. Forget it. We were fist fighting everybody for years. <laughs> and, and it's just, I still have never seen, again, he was a southpaw, this left hook uppercut. He hit him in the teeth and then up into the nose. He, it was like a cartoon. The kid went off the ground. And by the way, the kid was bigger than Mike, taller. And the kid went off the ground, I swear to God, like six inches. And he, he rotated a 180. And flop, he went down, face down. And then just blood just exploded. And he just started bawling his eyes out. And <laughs> Mike, for good measure, said, and if you come, if you come near my brother again, <laughs> any of you, I'll kill all of you. Now, back then, kill, we could say those things. Today, who knows, we would have all been in jail, um, and those people would have been in therapy the rest of their lives. And then the car just peeled out, <laughs> dust and dirt everywhere. And um, we agreed, okay, we're not telling Dad, we're not telling Mom. <laughs> so everyone went to their rooms, and Mike, had a, Mike lived down in the basement. He had a basement apartment. We used to, like, it was like the way Greg Brady got the attic to himself. Mike got the basement. And um, next thing you know, the the mother and father of this kid are at the front door. Uh, and again, I think back now, these like nice, probably nice, wholesome Winchester people were just horrified by the mad Italians who invaded their town. And so the guy came in and... Uh, it, it's a big guy like his son. And my dad was small. My dad was like 5'8", but he was, a, he was a boxer, so he was a fighter. But he always, like a lot of people who are tough, the real tough people, they never show it. And they never sweat. So my father invited them in. And uh, the father really went hard at my dad. He said, uh, I'm, I haven't called the police yet. You know, my son is a minor. Your son is an adult. And he did this to my son. And he goes, and I want you to know my son told me the truth. He was man enough. He told me he picked on your son. But, you know, your your other son is a man and uh, we're, we're, something needs to be done about this. I'm going to give you a chance, you know. And I think he even got a little bit with my dad. Like he tried to loom over my dad and say, and hopefully it doesn't get any further with us. And my mother just went, oh, no, please. Because <laughs> the original Tasmanian devil. But my dad, I was really proud of him in this moment. because He said, listen. He said, I was aware of the bullying. I don't, this is all new to me. I didn't know. He said, but I want you to know, um, my, my oldest son is only 17. Your son is 16 and a half. And the guy's face just dropped. And he said, my other son's 13. And he's small. And the mother just starts bawling because she, like her son's face is probably deformed or whatever. And there was nothing else the dad could do. And I think he might have said one more threatening thing. And I think my father just did the Mr. McGee, don't make me angry. <laughs> like He just said, just don't, okay? It's two things between the kids. And now your son knows not to do anything. My son knows not, both my sons know not to do anything. And if you need to take it further, then obviously you can. But, you know, <laughs> that was like, I don't. Yeah, he just looked and probably saw the beat-up blue-collar guy with giant fists. Was like, "No, I'll pass." And um, 
But in the middle of it, Mike was in the basement and he overheard them say something about him. Like, oh, your son's an animal or something. <laughs> so next thing you know, it's like, you say, I'm an animal. I'm blah, 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 blah. I'll take you on too. Come on down. And my mother, we had a lock on that door. So my mother just slowly went and just, just did the latch on the door. <laughs> so Mike wouldn't get up and get his hands on the father. And so anyway, uh, I always look back on that, and, and, and the good side of it was just, like I said, what an amazing older brother he was and, and still is. And, um, and I admire anyone who has a code, and I can't tell you how many times, you know, people have been short, have come up short in situations with Marie and I, and she'll say, why are you so forgiving of that person, or why are you still friends? And I said, because they have a code, and I can always work with that. But in Hollywood, we've dealt with several people and some family members who have no code, no allegiance to anyone. Literally, the only allegiance is to a like, to being popular. I'll never forget, like, <laughs> one person used to work for me. I said to Maria, you know, I feel as though that person wouldn't, would have my back and in a situation. And Maria said, no, that person uh, is loyal to one thing, likes. So if having your back got them alike, they're all in. If lighting you on fire got them alike, they're all in. And I hate to say it, people, but a lot of non-ethnic people from Southern California that grew up out here, non-ethnic, I mean, not my Jewish friends, my Mexican friends, my Armenian friends are all solid, and I think it's because they keep the culture, keeps them familial. But I will just say, a lot of my uh, L.A. people here don't have that code. Um the ones who've grown up here. It, it, there are exceptions, of course, but the, a lot of West Coast people, and uh, I, hope, I don't offend anyone by saying that. I'm just speaking truth, but I, I can always work with people who have a code. And, and for Steve the Steamer, because you always appreciate when we talk about the NWO, but Maria, NWO is this group in wrestling that on camera, their whole shtick was we're, we're, we're a team, we're a group. One goes, we all go. We got each other's backs. But the truth is, off camera, they were the same way. They all had each other's backs. And it was the first time a group of wrestlers really came together against management and a corporation. It was really cool. But Maria was always the one to say, Maria is such a Boston girl, such a G. Maria was always like, you know, when are people in life going to realize it's all about being NWO? And so that's kind of our little code. If you ever hear me say, is that person NWO? Are they NWO? And if, I, if it's affirmed, oh, yeah, they're NWO, then you know. They've got a code. And um, you know, Mike had, has one of the biggest codes of all. And, uh, and I love you, Mike. And I'm just, uh, I'm just really glad I had you as my big brother. Thanks for making me tough. And thanks for always having my back. And for the rest of you people, I hope today um, you can be forgiving for me for not bringing you Natasha and Kelsey and everyone else. But um, it's just been... Uh, it just was like the end of the freshman. It just, um, it just was. So, uh, with that being said, I'm gonna take us. Uh, I'm gonna take us home. And by the way, this is a repeat, guys. You've heard me do. You know, I'm really fascinated by certain bands when the member breaks free and does the one-hit wonder. 
Peter Chris has Beth from Kiss, but you've heard me play this one before. New York Groove, Ace Freely. Just kind of gets me pumped up. You know, when I wake up with Athena, Maria gets annoyed because I play all these songs and sing them to her and I dance with her. And, and I know Maria wants to say, I'm sick of hearing your music, but she knows as a dadfluencer, it's important for we dadfluencers to bond with our babies. Now the question is, right, as I talk so much about Italian families, we've got Athena, my little Greek princess, right? I'm back in the New York groove. But should we have Gennaro? I, I showed Maria a picture of a little Guido baby. Kind of looks like Polly B from Jersey Shore with the glasses and the hair. <laughs> and uh, and I've, this is my vision of Gennaro. And I'm like, you know, Maria... I don't know. On the fence. Anyway, you guys, try to remember why we're here, at least why I think we're here. Help each other. Learn from mistakes. And obviously, have a few laughs along the way. And remember, this is a Halloween edition for entertainment purposes only, okay? It's just it's Halloween, spooky, woo, ghouls, goblins. You don't have to listen to what I said, although I know it's true. Bye, you guys. Thanks. Love you guys. This podcast and all related content published or distributed by or on behalf of Maria Menunos or MariaMenunos.com is for informational purposes only and may include information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you. Any information or opinions expressed or contained herein are not intended to serve as or replace medical advice, nor to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any disease, condition, illness, or injury, and you should consult the healthcare professional of your choice regarding all matters concerning your health, including before beginning any exercise, weight loss, or healthcare program. If you have or suspect you may have a healthcare emergency, please contact a qualified healthcare professional for treatment. Any information or opinions provided by a guest expert or host featured within website or on company's podcast are their own, not those of Maria Menounos or the company. Accordingly, Maria Menounos and the company cannot be responsible for any results or consequences or actions you may take based on information or opinions.